Welcome to the Self-Esteem and Confidence Mindset with me, Johnny Pardo. So welcome back to the Self-Esteem and Confidence Mindset with me, Johnny Pardo. Today, I have a special episode, uh, different from my usual ones, and I've got a guest on uh, the show today uh, to talk about sleep and the effects of sleep on your self-esteem today as a new topic to me which I'd like to uh, which is always fascinating to learn about and I've got uh, more of an expert than me on the the subject so that should be uh, beneficial so today I've got uh, Lauren Dufel um, on with me and she is a sleep coach who's currently located in Costa Rica um, Lauren is helping insomniacs reduce their stress and anxiety to sleep better and perform better hitting their potential in life. So welcome, Lauren. Thank you so much, Johnny. Um, it's really fun and an honor to be on your podcast and addressing your audience. Uh, I love speaking to new audiences about sleep because it's not a topic that is common knowledge in many circles. And um, many people think, you know, you either don't think about sleep when you sleep well, or you think that you know how to sleep well because you sleep well. But until you have uh, a problem with sleeping, you realize it's a whole area um, that's quite can be quite mysterious or can feel quite mysterious. Uh, yeah, totally. Um, I, I'm probably going to learn a few things today from uh, what you're saying. Go, oh, and then be kicking myself for it but uh hopefully my sleep's uh getting better <laughs> anyway but it's always useful to learn things from uh different people so yeah thank you very much for coming on today um so lauren i gave you a sort of a, a brief introduction and just a sort of viewers i me and lauren know each other from a personal development uh group that we're in together um on looking at expanding our businesses uh, but Lauren, if you would just like to say a little bit about your story and what you do at the moment um, for the listeners, that would be fantastic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd love to. So I'll start with my story a little bit. And um, that is that I used to work in hospitality. I used to work in hotels and event management um, and restaurants. And that lifestyle was a lot of fun, did a lot of drinking alcohol, did a lot of partying, did a lot of um, staying up late. And then something, I remember a specific day where I was very stressed out. Um, my job was fairly stressful and I also didn't manage my stress very well on top of that. And I remember one day I was feeling really stressed and I felt like as if like a zap went through my head. I felt like something in my head broke. <laughs> and I don't think anything actually did in hindsight, but I, in that moment, I felt like, whoa, something is wrong with me right now because of this stress in my life. And around that time, I had started to have some strange health problems, um, my sleep had started um, becoming very difficult. I wasn't able to fall asleep for a very, very long time, sometimes not the whole night. 
and um, and I was starting to lose control of my emotions. I was starting to get really bad memory. I couldn't remember if I had done something at work or not, or someone would say, did you finish this project? And I honestly couldn't answer them. I would have to go into our system and look myself as if I was a stranger to see if I had finished it. And um, it was at that moment when I, when I was looking up one of the events to see if I'd finished it, where I thought, okay, there's really, something off here and I had gone to my doctor and I had talked to her about my sleep and I was on a sleeping medication which wasn't <laughs> I can say it sometimes helped put me to sleep but I felt more like I was passed out than sleeping and I could still sometimes take that medication and still not sleep and the combination of not sleeping plus taking the medication made me feel even more horrible the next day than if I had just gone a normal night without sleep so essentially I started to listen to my body and for the first time in my life and maybe connecting with my soul for the first time in my life before that, you know, I went to university, then I got the job and the boyfriend and moved in with him and all these things, um, which I thought I was happy about. But in hindsight, I was doing all these things because I thought I was supposed to. And then listening to my body, I started on this journey towards healing my current condition, which was a combination of things, including the insomnia. And to be honest, it took me five years to overcome my own insomnia. And in that time, I did a lot of research. I changed careers. I went back to school for nutrition. I did a lot of traveling. I went and hung out in yoga communities and explored different kinds of alternative healing. Um, I had a Chinese medicine practitioner for a while helping me with my sleep. Um, I went to cognitive behavioral therapy to help me with my sleep. And eventually, when I finally healed from it, it was really a combination of a lot of life changes for me because I could see in hindsight that I was way off of what my body, mind, and soul wanted. My life was way off that track. So then um, after going back to school for nutrition i was working in a clinic helping people with their nutrition um, working with clients one-on-one -on -one. but the funny thing about that was that people would come in and ask me about their sleep or people would come into our supplement store which i was one of the assistant managers of the supplement store as well and every day people would come in saying what kind of supplement should i take for sleep and there is there is never um, a real answer for that because sure you can take something and yes, it might help you sleep sometimes, whether that's a supplement or whether that's a medication, but taking something is always a Band-Aid solution. So, um, or even people are into the CBD oil now or sometimes using marijuana or whatever else somebody does to help themselves fall asleep. It's all a Band-Aid. So then <laughs> talking with the clinic director, um, they agreed to have me start counseling people for their sleep. And um, that kind of took my career in a whole different direction than I ever saw it going. Because even with 
seeing people for just a few just a few visits i didn't have a package at the time people would just book in with the clinic and seeing people for just a few visits made a big difference so then i thought okay i'm able to do this and i'm helping people and i'm realizing that these things i've learned about sleep along the way are not obvious and i could still bring my nutrition knowledge into that because with the nutrition um there are nutritional aspects that affect our sleep and our overall health and even with nutrition there was an aspect of sort of life coaching that came along with it because you're getting people to change their habits you're also looking at their physical activity so adding in the sleep was just a natural transition for me at the time yeah now i feel like it's my it's my life purpose <laughs> Certainly, that's a that's an interesting journey of how you you know went from finishing university, going into working in sort of hotels, getting into and then sort of making that lifestyle change, getting into the nutrition side before you you getting more into the um the sleeping side of things, and that's kind of how you've come on for there. So yeah, it's it's an interesting journey. It's always interesting to hear how people end up in certain professions. So. Yeah, thank you, thank you for uh, sharing that. Um, thank one thing, you. yeah. So one thing I was going to to just ask you is um, just kind of touch on a little bit what you talked about, and you talked about the mm. the the pills or the medication rather being the the, the band aid for is more of a sort of band aid for sleep issues. Is it a lot to yeah. do with your mindset? Would you say you need you need to look at more closely than and kind of other sort of your mindset would you say is the most important factor uh, to, to sort of looking at your sleep issues? Um, mindset is one of the most important factors because when you're solving your own sleep issues, honestly, there is no magic formula. There is the sleep hygiene, the sleep science, learning about what affects the hormones in the body and those things can make a big difference but it's never one thing it's always a combination of those practical science-based techniques and your own internal journey there's some kind of anxiety or suffering or disconnect um disconnect meaning um there's something in your life that you're doing that is not meant for you or there's something in your life that you're getting too much of and or something else that you're getting not enough of and that can be nutrients that can be um, sometimes sunlight that can be emotions um, and so definitely in the healing process for overcoming insomnia there will be a lot of changes that have to be made and there will be some trial and error in trying new things and that's because overcoming insomnia is overcoming a type of trauma so it's going to be an individual journey but it's also guided um, in the base of psychology and sleep science but I like to feel that the individual is the artist in their own sleep journey and what guides that artistry is really listening to what's inside. So mindset can be really important when you're on a healing journey and you're 
you're coming up against things that you've tried that aren't working or bad advice that you're given or you go to your doctor and you feel like they don't help you you need that positive um, forward thinking mindset to see that even on those days where you feel like you've really tried everything and nothing's working that you haven't actually tried everything and that some things might be working but that if you're only doing one thing that's pushing your sleep towards better sleep it might not be enough um, and that's why it's always a combination of of mental physical and spiritual as well it can be a spiritual journey overcoming your insomnia <laughs> i spent um as part of my I, I remember this moment in my own journey where one of my health challenges and one of the things that was keeping me awake at night, aside from, from thoughts and stress, was that physically my heart would beat really hard, like out of my chest at nighttime. And I had been to different doctors, they'd measure my thyroid, they measure all the things they're supposed to measure um, for that symptom and nothing was helping and i did a yoga class and i'm lying on the, the ground in savasana at the end and everybody's relaxing some people are falling asleep and i'm lying there crying and frustrated because i'm supposed to in quotation marks be relaxing at the end of this class but whenever i tried to relax my heart would start beating and my whole body is moving because my heart is beating and i just I felt like I surrendered to God in that moment. It was like, okay, what do I need to do to make this stop? I will do anything. I will do absolutely anything to make this stop. And so it kind of became <laughs> this uh, life quest to fix my sleep and heal this irregular heartbeat. Um, and that, I look at that from both scientific and, and spiritual uh, perspectives because they, they play into each other for sure. And I can talk a little bit more about the specifics of how our thoughts and feelings play into the science of our own body chemistry as we go. Yeah, absolutely. I, I can totally relate to just going back to um, uh, being in yoga class and being hacked off that I wasn't <laughs> relaxing as much as everyone else. Uh, definitely <laughs> being that and then <laughs> punching the mat, sorry. Um, but yeah, um, I suppose, yeah, I suppose there's a combination of, well, there is a combination of factors and it's going to be different for every individual. There's no kind of one solution. This is why you're not, um, why you're not sleeping. I mean, I remember I was working with a, a guy in my, previous one of my previous jobs and he would about have about six cups of coffee a day and always well claimed he slept fine anyway and he seemed to like he did um no kind of like stress or anything uh whilst if i had a cup of coffee past midday i'd struggle to sleep because physically that's different for me than him uh mm -hmm. so, so again it's it's going to be different factors for different individuals uh so that's yeah certainly interesting how you said it and it sounds like for you, there was there was a number of things um, in yourself that kind of contributed on your sort of earlier days when you were struggling to sleep. Yeah, there were a number of things. Um, for me, I would say, if I had to sum it up, I would say I was unhappy with my life. I didn't 
like my job. I was uncertain about my relationship. Um, I felt like, um, I guess I felt afraid to do what I really wanted to do with my life. And then there were physical problems coming up due to lack of self-care. And my friends would all be surprised by that because they all thought that I did so much self-care. I like always look fit and I do yoga and I eat vegetables. Um, but also I was eating things that made me feel pretty sick on a regular basis. Now um, there are certain foods that I avoid because I react to them right away, but I didn't know that at the time and I was eating them all the time. And um, also at that point in my life, I was still having stimulants like regular teas and coffees and chocolates, which were affecting me a lot more than I thought they were. Um, I'd say I'm, I am probably even more sensitive than you are. If I have a coffee in the morning, even I won't sleep at night. So that's oh, really? one thing I learned wow. about myself. Yeah. And that's the liver. Um, everyone's going to be a little bit different in their metabolism of stimulants because the metabolism of stimulants comes from the liver. And if your liver is not metabolizing that, um, that substance efficiently, then it will stay in your body longer. Simple as that. It's going to keep going through circulation. And with, did you want me to talk about stimulants a little bit? Cause I feel like that's a, common occurrence in many people's lives <laughs> yeah no, that that would be quite good actually tying into um the next area uh we are i was potentially going to move on to which was um around the effects of physical health but that'd be that'd be quite useful if um you could uh give listeners kind of uh, an overview of stimulants uh onto that one sure yeah so um Stimulants found most commonly in coffee or energy drinks or some sodas, um, chocolate and teas. Those, um, as I said, have to be metabolized by the liver. And when you look at the average science, it takes someone on average about five hours to clear half of the substance. So and we would say that caffeine has a half-life of five hours for most people. And that means that if you have a cup of coffee and it has about 100 milligrams of caffeine in it, we'll just use that for an easy example, then five hours later, there's still 50 milligrams of caffeine in your body. Five hours after that, still 25. Five hours after that, still 12. So you only felt the awake effect from that caffeine for maybe a couple hours after you drank it. And that's because when you have the coffee and the stimulant gets into your blood, it prompts your body to release cortisol. So you get like an artificial little stress response that comes from it. But the cortisol will go back down to normal after a few hours. And what doesn't go back to normal after a few hours is that adenosine, um, which is, I try to explain this in a nutshell. Um, if you remember science class from grade 12 or grade 11, you had to learn that the energy molecule in the body is called ATP or adenosine triphosphate. Oh yeah. And basically 
you don't need to <laughs> remember that or anything, but basically as you move about your day, your body uses energy and breaks these molecules and adenosine collects in little receptors around your body, around your nervous system, around your organs. And all you need to know is that when you, when all the adenosine receptors are full of adenosine, then you feel sleepy and your body needs rest and your body will pull the mind into sleep. But the tricky part with that caffeine lingering in your body so long is that the caffeine fits perfectly into those adenosine receptors and blocks adenosine. So that is how, even though you don't feel stimulated by the coffee anymore, if you had it say at midday, like for yourself, if you have it at midday, you can feel that you're not falling asleep as well at night. And that's because the adenosine is not able to get into the receptors because the caffeine is blocking it. So, and that will be pretty individual journey. And that's something that just listening to the body, you can feel it. For myself, I started, um, when I started listening more closely to my body, I cut out coffee, I went to green tea, then I realized, nope, green tea makes me feel that way too. Cut that out. And then a couple years later, I realized, shit, chocolate makes me feel this way too. So I'll say I don't never have chocolate, but I just minimize it a lot because I know there's a threshold there for me anyway. And um, I started sometimes having decaf lattes when I go to, to cafe because I, I like coffee. I like how it tastes. Um, I love the smell, all of that. So I would sometimes get a decaf latte. And one time I can tell you that that was not decaf. And I stayed awake for two days and it was horrible. Um, not everyone is that sensitive. I'd say there are very few people who are that sensitive, I think. But that was one of the most significant factors in my own journey um, with discovering what was affecting my sleep. So I think if you have caffeine in your system every day and you're not sleeping as well as you'd like to, there's always room for experimentation and I'm never telling you what to do or telling you to not have caffeine anymore, but that it's always a cool learning um, experience to try cutting it down or taking a break and seeing how you feel. Um, how things that might happen are that at first you feel more tired in the morning and you might get headaches for a couple of days if you completely cut it out. But once your body gets used to not having that caffeine, the quality of your sleep can improve and then you don't need the caffeine. So what feels like a difficult situation that you're fixing using caffeine can be also resolved by taking a break from the caffeine, if that makes sense. Um, other people or some people also find that their um, anxiety is better without the caffeine. And for some people, they find that caffeine from green tea doesn't give them as much anxiety as caffeine from coffee, for example, because every plant doesn't contain only one compound. And when we're talking about caffeine, we're talking about only one compound from that plant. So plants, mother nature is smarter than we'll ever be. And 
she has created a whole concoction of compounds in, in each plant, which also have effects on us. So, um, so that's one way that you can take a break from coffee if you don't want to entirely cut out the caffeine is to try tea instead and see how that goes. And for me, this was the, that was the progression I went to is like switching to different beverages, realizing I just feel my best when I have like chamomile or mint. And then I started getting really enthusiastic about um, herbal teas, like finding people who forage, who'd get like forage teas or um, growing lemongrass here in Costa Rica and making tea out of that. And I find I can make uh, really, really special teas that I feel really passionate and good about. So it's not like, wah, wah, I have to have this shitty tea instead of having the coffee, the coffee that I really want. Um, I found a lot of pleasure and exploration in, in the whole world of herbal teas. So yeah, there's always new things to discover. So it's not taking something away. It's just trying something else instead. Uh, yeah, definitely. I suppose it's, um, it's about self-awareness a little bit about yourself and noticing how you feel after kind of certain drinks or when you take them away, certainly I've, I've done that myself and kind of when I've had coffee in the afternoon, I'm like, yeah, okay. That was caused from the coffee. Make a note of that. So, um, that's, that's really interesting. What you're saying about the, uh, E I'm going to say this correctly. The E <laughs> I, I get, I'm terrible with words sometimes. E diazine, <laughs> the E diazine, uh, which blocks the, obviously the, the caffeine coming back in. Um, Oh, sorry. Yeah, block it's, Adenosine. A Adenosine. Yeah. Adenosine. Yeah, that blocks the um, yeah. blocking the so the caffeine's blocking the adenosine uh, coming back in. And yeah, that makes so much sense because um, you're just wondering why you're lying awake and I've had that myself and it you know, it's gonna be slightly maybe different to some people, but that could definitely be an impact on it. So that's that's a really good overview of the uh, the stim the stimulant certainly on that one. <laughs> Well, um, the next thing yeah. I was just going to um, sort of touch on, which is really interesting, was what kind of, from your own experience, but also from people you've worked with, people you sort of guided and helped and coached, um, what are kind of some of the, just kind of a few of the, the, the physical symptoms from a lack of um, sleep that you've, you've witnessed? Hmm. Yeah, physical symptoms, especially when the lack of sleep has gone on for a long time. Um, often people have let go of certain aspects of their self-care because they feel they're too tired to do it. Like, I'm too tired to go to this exercise class or to go to the gym or to do a home workout um, or to go outside and do something. So often... Um, there can be a loss of strength because the motivation to, to exercise is lower. Um, and there's this whole hormonal change that happens when we don't get the sleep that is ideal for our bodies. Um, I like to explain this as if you picture, because these hormones have funny names, picture two like gremlins and their names are leptin and ghrelin. And, leptin 
tells your body when there is energy and it prompts the thyroid to either use the energy or store the energy. So when we're not having the sleep that we need, there is, um, leptin is lower. So your body feels that it has less energy and this in turn has an effect on the thyroid, which then has an effect on the adrenal glands. Um, so there's this whole cascade of, of hormonal changes that happen. The other thing that happens is that ghrelin, the other gremlin, um, ghrelin goes up when you don't get the sleep that you need. And ghrelin is a hunger hormone. So because your body didn't get energy from sleep, it's looking for another way to get energy. So ghrelin's gonna go up telling you to eat more. And so when someone hasn't been sleeping well, they often have a lot of cravings for carbohydrates or just simply more hunger. Um, but often the cravings go to those quick carbs that give you that jolt of energy, something sugary or something made of white flour. Um, and that has its own hormonal impact because having more sugars in the blood um, has an impact on insulin and can lead to diabetes, um, to type 2 diabetes, um, can also lead to damage in the blood vessels when the blood sugar is too high on a consistent basis. And um, over a long period of time, if somebody has insomnia for many, many years, it can um, impact their risk of cardiovascular disease just because of that. Um, it could be partially the blood sugar, but also that when we're asleep, our body is healing and repairing any damaged tissues and our really delicate tissues like our blood vessels they need to be repaired um, during our sleep and when they're not getting repaired then the um, incidence or the the chance of cardiovascular disease high blood pressure or risk of stroke can go up so that's where sleep can become really important um, when it's a long-term problem but I don't like giving out too many scary statistics, to be honest, because when I was having my own sleep issues, all these scary statistics didn't help me sleep for sure. <laughs> so um, I would say when you're not sleeping well, you can feel that your, your body's being impacted. You can feel it. And that is enough for me just feeling that my body was like, whoa, there's something wrong here. We need to fix this. Um, I didn't want to go diving into all of the reasons why that was bad. Um, so that's the only <laughs> um, tip in that regard that, that I'll share is that the body needs sleep to heal and repair tissues. And that when we don't get the sleep that we need, it has an effect on our hunger and on our, um, our body's response to storing the energy that we have. So the body will store more fat when you're not sleeping well. This does depend on the person though. Um, some people, I see that with some people not sleeping, they gain some weight and with other people not sleeping they become mm, almost more thin but i see that as more that 
depending on the person's metabolism, some people just don't naturally gain weight, but what happens to them is they will lose their muscle mass. And so if you measure them, um, you know, there's those scales that measure the, the water in the body, the, the fat, the muscle, you'll see the same kind of proportions that, um, I, I don't really like this term, but some people use the word skinny fat, that you, it, you have the same proportions. It's just that your muscles are much smaller um, compared to the amount of, of fat in the body. So the great news about that is that you can overcome sleep problems and all of these things <laughs> will, will sort themselves out. So on one hand, you can do things using your mindset and your motivation, as Johnny uh, focuses on, to, to work out even though you don't want to work out, to make that healthy choice even when you are craving, you're like craving chocolate ice cream and you're like, no, you know what, I'm going to eat this banana with some cocoa powder, maybe put some almond butter on it. That will also be delicious and satisfying, but I feel better about that choice. And we use our mindset um, and some education around, around nutrition and exercise science in those moments. Um, but then also learning about sleep and getting some professional assistance with your sleep makes those things easier. So we can come at it from two perspectives and then you can regain control of your sleep. And when that's not such a mystery, then stress around sleep isn't, um, isn't so prominent as well. That's a, yeah, that's a, that's a great overview in terms of, um, some of the, the physical, the physical sides and getting some of the, uh, the chemicals that affect, uh, the hormones that are affected in there. And it talks about the leptin and, uh, that being affected and this can lower down. Um, again, as you sort of touched on, uh, I guess our body sort of like varies from human to human, but there are kind of like a variety of things found in the, in the long term. I mean, I've heard obviously stories of the severe case when someone's working like, I don't know, 18, 19 hour days, and then suddenly their health gets really, really bad. And they're getting things like you said, um, you know, they're not feeling so good because, because of the fact they've got such a lack of sleep and that's caused all those physiological effects. But obviously, as you're saying, it, it's good to be self-aware then look, listen to your body and I'm always always on about this podcast making your self-esteem and self-care is obviously a huge part of that and your self-awareness a priority because you're going to get the most benefit when you feel on top really so um it's really mm -hmm. useful to understand the kind of the physical side of that kind of um you, you've kind of um gone over it a little bit and with your early story earlier with your kind of memory sort of blanks you were talking about um in the hotel and checking on the bookings but perhaps a, mm. a few of the the kind of the mental the mental side of um having a lack of sleep uh could you just give like a few kind of examples of some of the problems people might experience from that yes um when when we don't get the sleep that our body wants um, or the ideal amount of sleep it does have an effect on not only memory, but mood and also self-talk. So there is a direct correlation between lower sleep and lower mood 
and more negative self-talk or more negative thoughts. And this is where <laughs> the sleep issue snowballs into its own issue. So often there's one trigger, for instance, a stressful event or for some of my clients, a physical injury, like a shoulder injury or something painful that prevented them from sleeping for a period of time. But then when the stressful event um, is no longer stressful or when the shoulder heals and is no longer painful, you still have the sleep problem because the sleep problem continues based on the fact that the lower the the minimal sleep that you were getting was having an impact on your mood on your thoughts on your self-talk on your motivation to do your self-care your motivation to exercise your food cravings so essentially this lack of sleep over a short period of time affected almost all other parts of your life and now that maybe you're not exercising as much as you used to, you're not eating as well as you used to, and now you're having a lot of anxiety around sleep and negative self-talk around your sleep. Now those things are keeping your sleep in a bad place. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally, yeah. And the, the self-talk, um, particularly uh, really useful for kind of... Um, my my kind of area as well obviously uh when you start talking to yourself negatively that that's where i want to try and avoid people um going down and we want to bring them to kind of this more positive view of themselves but i guess what you're kind of describing is it's going to be even more challenging to do that with a lack of sleep and now now you kind of mentioned it when i've even you know earlier this year when when i had an accident actually when i um when i was kind of getting five or six hours of sleep i remember just thinking oh this is really difficult you know life's quite challenging at the moment we all have ups and downs but it was kind of when i was mm -hmm. getting that five or six hours of sleep as opposed to the i i'm good by the way lauren i got um, eight hours sleep last night and i'm tending to get mm -hmm. minimum of seven so uh yeah i tend <laughs> to get seven to eight hours sleep so i'm usually pretty good so uh I know it varies from person to person, but um, yeah, I can totally relate to what you say about the, the self-talk. It's really interesting what I just picked up on what you said about um, someone has a temporary injury, for example, like a shoulder injury was your example there. And actually, mm. they, perhaps they might not have had so much of a sleep issue before, but because that's keeping them awake, whether, whether they're on painkillers or not, or it's just too painful to sleep through, that that's affecting it so that that's a really interesting point to make as well so yeah that that makes sense and i suppose there's quite a few but um it, it just makes when you get sleep i suppose for me personally it makes me find the day a lot easier um and then other people have said similar as well um talking about lengths of sleep then would you say there's a particular uh duration you think people need to get or does it really vary from person to person um, in my experience, most people need seven and a half to eight and a half, but there is a healthy range of sleep where there are some people who are healthy and feel healthy anywhere between six to nine hours. But I'd say 
the people who feel great on six hours or nine hours, there's not nearly as many of those people as people who feel better between the seven and a half, um, eight, eight and a half. And the amount of sleep that you need um, also would vary from day to day. For instance, on the weekend, I went on a really, really long hike through a river um, with some friends and we hiked all day in a rushing river. And at the end of that day, I was exhausted. Plus I had been um, outside in nature all day, which, you know, gives, typically gives you a better sleep at night. Um, but just the, mm -hmm. also before I did that, I did a workout on my <laughs> own because I didn't, I didn't know that I was going to go do that with friends. It was kind of spontaneous. Um, so then I had a great sleep that night and, um, and I slept a little bit longer than I normally would just from all the exertion. Um, whereas on a different day, if I'm sitting most of the day or if I'm, you know, having a lazy day, I can anticipate from what I know about myself and what I know about my sleep that I probably don't need as much sleep that night as a day where I've exerted a lot of energy. Totally relate. I remember going to Los Angeles, I think it was a couple of years ago. I do love going over to the States, but um was over in um Los Angeles and went for a Hollywood hike and I think we were walking for about six hours and I'm usually not sleeping more than like eight and a half hours and I think I slept for about twelve hours. That <laughs> me and my uh, <laughs> mate were like asleep for about twelve hours. So that that must be the crazy one. Uh <laughs> <laughs> not used to walking that far certainly so um yeah that, that's interesting because i hear different kind of perspectives uh or, on kind of like sleep um you hear someone like tony robbins got a really low amount and you don't know how true that is and then some people tend to get that amount yeah. um i've heard the old friend who's got a real lack my best mate for example he says he needs eight and a half but i've got another friend who says oh we're right on six but yeah i suppose i suppose kind of it, it sort of it tends to be between seven and a half to eight and a half I certainly feel that for myself is the benefit anyway I find some of the people who say that they feel good on six hours of sleep when I ask them more what I discover is that they're sleeping for six hours during their work week and then they're sleeping like nine hours on the weekend they're trying to catch up but your body cannot catch up on all of the benefits of sleep. You can catch up a little bit uh, with your deep sleep and with your REM sleep, but skipping five nights of, you know, cutting your sleep two hours short, five nights every week, and then trying to catch up on the weekend over time, I don't think that's the best preventative health um, approach. Uh, for like for me, if I'm trying to look at how healthy do I want to be, you know, when when I'm retired in my 70s, um, if I live into my 80s, how do I want to feel? And I'm trying to set myself up for the best long-term health. I don't think that um, trying to give yourself short sleeps during the week and then trying to catch up on the weekend is is the best long-term health plan. But what we're often doing is we're looking at our short-term health and we're saying, you know, my goal right now is to make money so that I can retire and whatever. Um, and some people have that a little bit of a, I'll sleep when I'm dead kind of attitude. 
<laughs> and and sometimes for a short period of time, you know, you do that and and don't worry about it. But for a long period of time, what I see is that that can um, trigger insomnia if you're purposely not sleeping enough multiple days per week and then trying to catch up on the weekends. Because one thing that you're doing is giving your body a type of jet lag. So every Monday when you try to go back to your short sleep, that's going to be a struggle, especially if on Saturday morning and Sunday morning you got up much later and you got more sleep. It's going to be hard to get the quality sleep that you want, even if you think, oh, I'll feel good if I have five hours of, or six hours of quality sleep on Monday night. But it might be hard for you to get that quality sleep on Monday night because you're shifting your sleep pattern so much from one day to another. Um, and that's where playing with your sleep can be a little bit tricky. And um, I would do that with caution and I wouldn't purposely do that for a long period of time. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. Sometimes yeah, people people like going short term and suddenly getting longer sleep. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's good to, for my, for my own self, I think it's good for good consistency of sort of similar, similar time. Uh, most, most nights, um, it gets a little bit tricky where, well, it's all right at the moment because I'm sort of like, uh, you have to go home from the bar at 10, but it gets a bit, <laughs> it gets a bit trickier from, uh, <laughs> past experiences when I get home from the bar at two in the morning. But, um, yeah, no, I, I totally agree, but you can definitely feel it from that. So um, we, we've talked a little bit about, we've talked a bit uh, about kind of, well, a lot about the physical side of what can happen essentially from a lack of sleep and, and then the mental side of things. I mean, you talked about your own uh, mem memory struggle. We, we talked about sort of the negative self-talk and obviously that's really useful to kind of listeners, listening about self-esteem and your confidence and then kind of getting those down moods and things like that um if you were to give mm. like your top let's say um five five kind of tips on getting or preparing yourself for a good quality sleep um what would you say i would approach it from doing anything that brings your life closer to nature will be the way to better sleep. So um, spending more time outside, getting more sunlight in your eyes during the day, being in more darkness and dim orange quality of light um, at nighttime. So our, our modern lifestyle <laughs> um, has really removed us from nature's natural rhythm. Mm -hmm. And I see that as um, one of the biggest uh challenges on our sleep is just that our lifestyle completely goes against it um the amount of movement that we get too i believe there there are people who i start seeing them and they're like my exercise is good i work out however many times a week um but when we really look at how much movement is best for that person often that individual needs more movement than a few hours per week and that's because we're animals we're not meant to be sitting in a in a chair at a computer all day long um, if you think even a few generations ago 
um, you would have to grow most of your own food and all of the labor that would go into that. And most things you'd have to make them, not buy them, or at least go to a store. Now we just order things on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> just done mine um, today. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. So the more that our lifestyle gets further from nature in terms of movement, light, even temperature, nature creates that temperature um, at night, which is lower than during the day because that's what the body needs to have a good sleep is a little bit lower temperature at night as well. So mother nature is, like I said, she's smarter than we are. She's way smarter than we are. And she's given us all of the things that we need to have a good sleep. Um, she also emits negative ions, which helps with mental health. There's so much healing that happens when you spend time in nature versus spending time um, on technology or in a car or in a city. So um, the closer to nature you can get, the, the more rejuvenated you'll feel and the better sleep that you'll get. And if you think about yourself like a little kid or like a doggy or something, when you have kids, or when you're training a dog and you want your kids to have a good sleep that night, what do you do? You bring them to the park, you make them play some kind of game, you play frisbee, you bring the soccer ball or the beach ball and you tire them out and you make them go outside and run around and scream and laugh and have fun so that they're gonna have a good sleep that night. But then what do you do for yourself to have a good sleep? Instead, you often, We'll work at the computer, we'll do all those things that we have to do, we'll feel like we're too busy to go outside or to do exercise or to eat well. And then we think that we can, using our minds, think ourselves into a good sleep. But with sleep, it's really body over the mind. You can't think yourself into sleeping. Um, what you can do with the mind is understand your sleep and think more realistically about your sleep rather than thinking negatively about it but it's really um the hormones that help you sleep build up in the body through being in light during the day and getting movement during the day yeah so what i'm kind of picking up from that was more trying to be more natural like we're meant to be as human beings like this is few, more than a few generations ago, but like the kind of caveman days um, when they would basically, you know, hunt in the day and then sleep at night. Or even as you said, a few generations ago, picking, um, picking up like plants, planting and farming and things like that, um, being out for the day. Whilst now we've got like these phones, this technology to, especially during uh, COVID times and the pandemic, where we're kind of like stuck in the inside anyway. So, um, yeah, that, that, that definitely sounds um, right. And you've kind of made me myself and hopefully some of you listeners might uh, be able to relate to this as well and kind of think, oh, I need to go out for some more walks in the day as well as well as going to the gym. So, uh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> definitely useful advice. So thanks for that, Lauren. Um, just before kind of as we're sort of like wrapping up, um, I just wanted to touch briefly um, and you, you sort of okay for just five, five, 10 minutes uh, more. I know you've got something else. Sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So um, just like, obviously you, you've got clearly really, really value your input and knowledge into this area. And I've written down so many notes and I've got to rewrite it because I never read my, can never read my <laughs> notes anyway. Um, but 
but you've obviously got this um you've learned a lot from your own experience and studying this just in terms of your your coaching uh just briefly how do you kind of work with um clients to help them um benefit and improve the quality of their sleep mm-hmm. um the approach that i take combines coaching which is basically a thinking partner to help you come up with your own solutions to problems so that the yeah, solutions are totally. the most meaningful for you um, combining that with education and with holding the person accountable for making the changes that they need to make and um, stress reduction techniques um, and tools for overcoming um, those that negative self-talk so there's a big component of cognitive behavioral therapy in what I do um, cognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia is its own beast a little bit slightly different from regular cognitive behavioral therapy um, where it includes collecting information so there is a type of journaling and tracking that I do with my clients over the entire program and with this information collection we can use that to reflect back on what's working and what's not working and finding cause and effect rather than only deciding in yourself what's working and not working because sometimes we think that something we're doing is not having an effect on our sleep but then when you track it, you realize that it is. Um, and there's that saying that anything recorded or anything that's tracked will improve, but anything that's tracked and recorded will improve exponentially. So we use this information to, to help the person grow exponentially. And it's not only for me to guide them, but it's also for them to learn from their own experience. Um, so yeah, those would be the main approaches. And we work together over a set period of time, which can be extended if needed. Um, but I don't do the one-off um, one-off appointments anymore, just because I've seen I can add so much more value when we spend more time together. We're mm. able to go deeper into some of the real reasons behind someone's stress and anxiety because um, sometimes the real reason why someone isn't sleeping isn't what they thought it was like yes you can still improve your sleep through um, light therapy through all of the sleep education and um, kind of that sleep hygiene that will help but if there's a deeper emotional um, either trauma or stressor or unhappiness um, that's showing up and that could also contribute to somebody not sleeping so we want to make sure that we're spending enough time together and building that trust to go deep into into the real reasons why someone's not sleeping absolutely it sounds um similar to sort of my my coaching practice in the way that it's not a overnight fit i didn't even mean to do that when i said overnight um it's <laughs> <laughs> a good one <laughs> yeah that, that was not unintentional everyone although sometimes we joke <laughs> on that thing uh it's not like a uh, quick fix i should say it's obviously a uh, over a period of time so whether you're looking at mindset whether you're looking at your self-esteem and confidence like me or 
ever looking at Lauren, who obviously also looks into um, the psychology as well as the physiology of things. It's not going to be an overnight fix. So yeah, I can totally under, you know, understand and relate to what you're saying about uh, it being a, a, a period of time to get the best and improving along the way. And it's great, great the kind of the tracking recording uh, method. I love that. So uh, uh, sounds sounds like a great area. And I must admit, before uh, I, I met you, I didn't really come across any uh, sleep coaches. So I was fascinated by the area. So it was great to kind of get in touch with you and then learn learn a little bit from you. So um, yeah, definitely. And Thank I'm sure you. this has been a really um, valuable lesson for everyone else as well. And I was very keen to um, get sleep combined into um the the self-esteem confidence mindset because uh it's just one of the uh many factors but a very very important factor into um your self-esteem and confidence uh as part of your self-care so it's about being self-aware of what's causing your slow self uh your sleep issues and um yeah and then using some of what um lauren's talked about today but um thank you very much lauren just before um we we do finally wrap up uh obviously you've given us a lot of information today but if um listeners want to find some more information about you or learn some more about your sleeping coaching or just kind of your insights into sleep in general uh where can they find you um i have a website which is www.coachingforinsomniacs.com there's an S at the end of that, coachingforinsomniacs.com. And you can find me on Instagram under the same um, and Facebook under the same as well. Um, I'm most active on Instagram or I have the most active audience on Instagram at the moment. Um, so if you can find me there, that would be great. And if you were interested in, uh, if anyone's interested in having a one-on-one -on -one complimentary session with me, then they can message me either through my website or through Instagram or Facebook messaging, and we can set up a time. I always offer a 45-minute um, chat about their sleep to see uh, what they're hoping to resolve and if they're ready to make changes and um, offer any value that, that I can offer in that time. Sounds like a great opportunity. So uh, <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Thanks, Lauren. Uh, what we'll do is we'll also, um, I'm going to put this in the, the description um, for the episode as well. So um, for, for you listening today, we, uh, you can find Lauren's details in there as well. So. Um, yeah, I'll just uh, touch base with you, Lauren, and put that in the description as well. So thanks very much uh, for being with us today, Lauren. Um, I know you're sort of uh, coming up to, what, one, two o'clock, whilst I'm coming up to nine o'clock and I've not had uh, food yet. But um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, so um, anyway, I hope you have a great rest of the day and thank you very much for joining me today on the podcast. Thank you so much, Johnny. It was a pleasure. And thank you to anyone listening. Um, I hope that you enjoyed it and learned something new. And Johnny, you go get yourself some healthy dinner and some self-care now that your workday is done. <laughs> yeah, get the eight hours sleep. <laughs> thank you, Lauren. <laughs> Cheers. Bye. Thank you. Bye.